Bokar Tov, we are beginning a uh, short week this week. Yeah, but this is not a very parashat short parasha. Em- this, em- <laughs> this is one parasha. As long as it's one parasha, I can handle it. I'm, st- I'm still exhausted from the past two weeks of Tazriya, Mitzorah, Remot, Ketushim. We did a lot in the past yeah. two weeks. Mashallah, mashallah. We went fast. Mashallah. Okay, Parashat Emor. We're also learning uh, Gidon. Also Gidon, don't forget. Yeah, we're also learning about Gidon. Gidon is a fascinating character. So, Parashat Emor. Uh, is a continuation of Parashat Kedoshim in what way? Still, you have to keep Kedosh. So, remember what we were saying that Parashat Kedoshim focuses on how to achieve Kedushah through behavior, through mm-hmm. sp- specific behavior. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a difference between Parashat Kedoshim and the previous half of Parashat Vaikra, of Sefer Vaikra, because Vaikra was talking about how to maintain or the kedusha of the location of the Mishkan. And then Kedushim said, by the way, it's not only the specific location that could be Kadosh, it's also you that could become Kadosh. And how do you become Kadosh? Through behavior. Most, if not 99% of the rules for becoming Kadosh apply to all of B'nai Israel. We don't really have a much of a hierarchy in terms of how Kadosh a person should be. And the priestly class isn't you know, it's not like all of the rules and rights go to the... In fact, Yahadut's version of the priestly class and it's Am Israel whole, uh... is pretty much the opposite of how every pagan society was built. Because in pagan societies, they would give the rights to the priestly class, meaning the land and the wealth was to the priestly class. Everything. And in the Torah, the wealth and the money is, does not go to the priestly class. Also... All of the the, the all the whole concept exactly of all of the tzaddikim all of the the tzaddikim are in the priestly class. They wanted to find a way to get the money, so and they, they they changed their religion by getting trying to get finally, the money. And finally, and finally, in Yahadut, or at least as, as we've seen, I I asked you where to find the yeah. uh, yesterday the, that the Kohanim are the teachers of Bnei Israel, Ulhorot at Bnei Israel. It appears also in in yesterday's Haftarah. Yeah. All right, so. Yahadut is the one religion that had, the, had a value of everybody being educated. Now, why is this important? Because it wasn't very common for religious sects to desire the education of the subjects, of the people, of the common man. Um, whenever, whenever they wanted to translate the Bible, I think in the 16th century, who was the biggest opposition to the translation of the Bible? The Catholic Church. Yeah, because they said, we have, we have, we are, we are interpreting this book and these people are loyal to the book. And we are interpreting it for them, meaning we get to have all the power. If they start reading it for themselves and coming up with their own perushim, you lose the centrality, you lose the power. So, with all that said, the Kwanim do have a few rules with how they can maintain their personal kedusha, But even, even when it's, they have their own rules, many of them are simply because they are representatives of Bnei Israel. So for example, if a Kohen has a mum, like a, a physical defect, right? They have a broken, uh, a one leg is shorter than the other. Or they're deaf. Or they're, or they're deaf or thing. So they're not, allowed to do, they're not allowed to do the service in the Mishkan. Now, are they allowed to partake of the Kodesh? Yes, or they, yes of course. Yes. Meaning there's no problem with them. Yes. It's just that we can't let them do the service because it doesn't look good. Meaning it's not respectful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the representative of the people, we give him, it's like we're giving him the, our weakest as the representative. Even the, 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 the animal that they bring is the same rule. 
What do you mean the animal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's open up Parashat Emor and and we're going to be speaking about the Kedushah that applies specifically to the Kohanim. Mm-hmm. Hashem said to Moshe, say to the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, and say to them that they should not become Tameh to any body amongst their people. Ki English eroha karovelav, except for his flesh, meaning his close ones, who are close to him, the imo ulaviv velivno ulvito ulahiv, to his mother, to his father, to his son, and to his daughter, and to his brother. Uh, I think, I think, the, yeah, I think the interpretation, by the way, is that lish ero, his flesh, is in reference to his wife. I think if you look at the bottom, that's what it will say there. Oh, look at lish ero on the bottom. It definitely says it there. Because he's his own flesh, the way you're saying. You're, you're, right. Here. Okay, good. Rashi says it. who is closest to him, his wife. Exactly. Good. Okay. Hey, we said this in Haftar also. Yeah, I'm saying this. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, obviously, this is a. The, 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 it says it's Kornim and Levim. Here it's just a Kornim. Does it say Kohanim and Levim? No, I don't think there's a Levim. I think at the end when it says uh, Kohanim and Levim will not eat Nevela or Trefa. Yeah. I think that was Kohanim and Levim. Yeah, the Levim is not at the beginning. Oh. But anyways, to his, to his sister, he can also become Tameh. He's also allowed to become Tameh, except... If she's not married. If she's not married. Once she gets married, then... Now not let's a... say she's engaged, meaning they, you know, there are two steps in the Jewish oh. marriage. There's Kiddushin. Oh. oh, so it's uh, no, calling it, the Kohanim Levim. It means Kohanim from the tribe of Levi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if she's engaged, I think she, he could still become Tameter. Only once she's fully married, yeah. then uh, according to Halakha, he cannot become Tameter anymore because the husband will take care of her anyways. Pasuk 4. This is one of the most cryptic Pasukim in the entire Torah, by the way. Uh, let's translate, translate it like this. A, a um, worthy man amongst his people should not become Tameh amongst his people to become defiled through them. Psh. Meaning it's kind of like a summary of, of what we just read. That the, in general, the Kohanim should separate from becoming Tameh from the people. A Baal Be'amav means like a, a, a worthy man. A worthy man should not become Tameh amongst the people to become desecrated or to become, un, to become profaned. Pasuk 5. Sounds like someone who's active in the community or active in the in something, because it's Baal I mean the Kohanim, the Kohanim, we're like how's their job? They have you're responsibility. looking at public yes. responsibility. Yeah, you look at them. You have to learn from them. I mean, yeah, they're, they're the example. Pasuk five. Loi krechu kor chab roshem of atz zekanam loi galehu vivsaram loi sretu saratet. They should not make a bald spot on their head, and they should not shave the sideburns of their of their face of their beard. Sorry, You're going back to and they should not. Make a cut on their skin. Oh, we've seen this before. Yeah, this is from uh, some kedushim. Yes. So it's repeating it by the kohanim. Yes. For the kohanim. Yes. Why is it repeating it by the kohanim? These are all these. I think so. So to, to identify to say that you're no, you're not any different. You don't have to. Don't have to. Uh, you know. Well, you want to make it cultish. I'm thinking right now. What are all of these items? What is it this to, was, uh, uh, to the, make the, a bald spot? What is it to cut is, themselves? Oh, what is it? The, all, when they have somebody passing away. It's all these the were all pagan rituals that had to do with the death of death someone, of someone, right? Yeah. 
So what I'm thinking is, Connected to this. is the Kohanim, if they're the priests, then the other priests in the pagan world, this is what they would do. This, is, this was their ritual. Don't, don't imitate. So whenever you're talking to the priest, you, you re, it, the Torah is reiterating the Kiddushim Tihu aspect that applies to them more than to Am Yisrael. The chances of Am Yisrael deciding to, to shave their sideburns or something or, or cut themselves upon the death is probably less than, than the, the chances that a priest would do it because a priest is, that's typically their job. If they're serving as a Kohen for an Abu Dazara, they will do these rituals. So I have a feeling that's what's going on. I'm not sure. It's connected um, to the previous pasukim. Yeah, I, I, there is. Now that's in, ter- in terms of understanding the peshat. In ter- these, this pasuk, though, whenever the chachamim, mm-hmm. in terms of halacha, yes. saw a pasuk appear more than once, yes. they would typically use it learn to, to learn different halachot. Mm-hmm. So, for example, oh, one of the things they hear, okay. they see here, it says, "Ufad zekanam lo yigalechu," and the uh, edge of their beard they shall not shave. And then the other pasuk, what does it say? It says, "So you're not allowed to use when you're shaving. Um, that's why we, you know, we are allowed to use a scissor or a machine." Right. But but where, where do they learn it from? They learned it from. They learned it from what? Uh, what was the previous pasuk? How, how was the previous pasuk stated? You should not destroy the edge of your beard. And then here it says, they should not shave the edge of your beard. So they, they proved from the fact that it changes the language, I don't know exactly how they proved that it, you're not supposed to. that you are allowed to use like a scissor or a normal shaver. But when is it forbidden? It's when it's in the mold of shaving, which is with that a blade. blade. Okay, so, so that... Is a typical example of how the halachic midrashim would work. Now, whenever I'm studying the, the Torah, you have to have two brains. Okay, you have to have the brain that that sees where halachot came from, and how the chachamim interpreted halachot. But you also have to have the brain that understands the peshat, the gist of the text. And I think the gist of the text Very here is that the kohanim, being in the specific, uh, since this is their realm, this is extra important for them not to not to violate. Okay, They should be holy to their God. And they should not desecrate the name of Hashem. The whole point of all of this is that they do not desecrate the name of their God. Because if they, they, are, are, they are violating, the ones, they, are, they are the ones they are who are a, walking in the... They are in a position of violation, exactly. <laughs> Why can't they desecrate God's name? Because they are bringing the fire offerings of God, the bread of their God. They are bringing it so they should be holy. Now, that's in terms of they can't become Tameh and they should separate themselves from the rites and rituals of the Avodah Zarah so far. Yes. But there is a, a little bit more for what the Kohen oh, is not allowed oh, to do oh, and oh, that is the same married. way we said part of the personal Kiddushah of Am Yisrael is sexual purity. They the Kohanim, although it's mostly the same, they have a little bit more. A little bit more. So again, it's not a crazy amount more, but it's different enough that the that the Torah puts this Step part of kedushah at the end of the of the segment. Okay. Pasuk seven. Isha zonava halalal lo yikahu veisha kedushah meisha lo yikahu ki kadoshu ledohav. A woman who is a zona, a harlot, and a halala. What is a halala? Desecrated. Desecrated. Let's first translate, and then I'll explain you the halachic meaning of these words. A woman who is a harlot. Or desecrated, she's not virgin he shall not take her. Wait, or woman who has been divorced, you shall not take. 
for he is holy to his God. What is, what is, what is, okay, let's, let's learn zona halala in terms of translation. We're translating as harlot and desecrated. But according to the halakhic interpretation, there's a very specific meaning to each of these words. Yes. What is a zona? Is a zona a harlot? Yes. No, it's not. It's no, actually not a harlot. Oh, it's not a harlot? No, it's she not. Had, she it, had, uh, according to halakha, a woman who is just sleeping around, yeah. uh, well, I don't like to speak in those terms, but a yes, woman who is just with other men who are not her more, husband, more, that is not a zona. A zona is a woman who sleeps with men who are forbidden to her, who is with men who are forbidden to her. So any of the isure karet, or isure mavet, meaning something that she would have been liable to the death penalty or liable to karet for, like namely all those arayot which we saw, that turns a person, if they do the act, if they do the act into a zona. Another type of, of uh, behavior that turns a person into a zona, if they are with a goy, if they if they are with a goy, they're considered zona. Means if they if they had a what? sexual relation with a goy. What yeah, sexual relation with a goy. Zona means like a harlot or a prostitute. Prostitute. It's one of the things that are forbidden for a kohen so this is not, to marry. This is not for a woman that sells herself for no, money. Just, no, 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 no. It's the act. It's the act. Just the act. In, in, ter- in, in, terms, specific, in a specific condition. In terms of how the halakha interpreted what is asur to the kohen, it is specifically the woman who does these things. She's with a goy. She is with a man who is forbidden to her. Um, there, there was one more. Do you, know, do you have it there? It should be in the notes somewhere. Um, Look up the word zona in the notes. This includes only punishment by death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punishment by death and? With a mamzer. Mamzer. Okay, the last one is if they're with a mamzer. Living with a mamzer or a non-Jew. Mamzer is the child that comes from a relation between a... It's a, it's a child that comes come from a relationship that is be'isur karet yes. or be'isur. So the, one, the relationship that makes her a zona, many of them will turn the child into a mamzer. Okay, that's how you know it. The, a relationship that turns her into a zona, a lot of them make the child a mamzer. Not all of them, because if, they're with, if she's with a goy, the child is not mamzer. Um, and if she's with a, a man while she's nida, it's still isur karet, but the child is not mamzer. But... Uh, and that also doesn't make her a zona, if I'm, not mis- I, I'm pretty sure. So, so, uh, so that's a zona. Now, what is halala? <laughs> so, halala is probably a, a lesser level of isur. I, I think it's a lower level of isur than the zona. A halala is any girl who was born from a union between a kohen and a woman who was forbidden to that kohen. So, if a kohen, regular kohen, marries a divorcee, then the child is a halala. If a kohen gadol marries even a widow, then the, then the child is a halala. Now, what happens if the boy is a halal? So if it's a boy who's a halal, then he cannot uh, serve as a kohen in the temple. He can't do any of the service in the temple. But the boy can marry whoever he wants. There's no restrictions on who the boy could marry. But he's not considered a Kohen anymore? But he's not considered a Kohen, meaning he can't do service in the Mikdash as a Kohen. He can't eat of the Kodashim, of the, of the, of the Kodashim, because he's, he's not considered Kohen. How can somebody tell this child? Right. I mean, it's worse for the girl. So the girl has it worse, because the girl, at least the boy, especially today, if there's a boy halal, there are really no ramifications. But if it's a girl, then there are ramifications, because they're not allowed to marry a Kohen. So that would be even more difficult. And that, that's something we keep halakhatli even today. 
So there, there is a more significant ramification if the halal is a halala rather than halal. Okay. A woman who is divorced, she can, he cannot marry. And you should sanctify him. That's actually a funny pasuk because it says, and you should sanctify the Kohen. It seems like it's speaking to Am Yisrael. So the Chachamim were Doresh, they said, that's how if the Kohen decides to violate any of his laws, Am Yisrael have to force him to keep it. Yeah. Okay. You have to force him to be holy. Should be holy to you, for I am holy or separate. I am God who separates you. And a daughter of a kohen who begins to go into into the znut uh, um, and starts doing uh, prostitution or something that it would be a forbidden relationship. It's not actually prostitution; it's more forbidden relationship. She is desecrating her father. She must burn in a fire. Now, what's the chidush here? If a person goes, okay. if a regular woman goes and is a zona and sleeps with a man who is... cannot be with her. No, so, so, so what's going on here is this is a isur that's not only applicable to the daughter of a Kohen. I mean, first of all, first of all, the real question is, are you telling me that if there's a daughter of a Kohen who just is with like a, a, a person that's forbidden to her, uh, she gets burnt, but nobody else gets burnt? Or, or what, what's the, what's the, so the way the Chachamim interpreted it is that even this is referring to a daughter of a Kohen who is already married. Who is, if she's already married, then she gets the, the punishment of burning, meaning, meaning uh, it's, it's a normal case of adultery. So the why does it apply to the Kohen? That's something that we won't so get into. Maybe because it embarrasses the Kohen, the Kohen has to do his job. Yeah, so, so the, so the, and then people are going to say, oh, that's the Kohen. That, you know, right. So there's, it's, it's a long discussion of, of how to understand this Pasuk. But if you want to understand Peshat, I have a feeling the Peshat is that a lot of the Kohanim and the pagans, they would offer up their daughters as, as sexual objects as part of, as part of a ritual. So I think the aim of the pasuk is to account for that. If a daughter of a Kohen goes onto that path by the help of the Kohen, then that's a problem. Now, um, according to the halakha, it's referring to either a, a, an engaged woman or a married woman who does that and she happens to be the daughter of a Kohen, as opposed to the previous punishment, which was... She's just a... No, previous punishment for violating these things was sikila because all, every, all Am Yisrael is the same. You don't have... Specific sexual laws for the daughters of a Kohen, or, right? Or, or, uh, so, it was either kiritut or it was sekila. If she's a daughter of a Kohen and she does these adulterous things, then the punishment would be burning. So that's what this pasuk means. Uh, let's continue with Hashem tomorrow with the laws of the Kohen Gadol. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.